The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Talktober Spookies, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation. Enter Sandan, Danielle Radford. Oh, fuck. I wish I, I can't, I can't do the whole song right now, but like, I really want to, I want what I want Gribbit your pillow tight, excellent, and tonight. That's as much as we can do, because I sound so much like him. Take my hand, after never, never let, God, I sound just oh my like God. Metallica. Is that James Hetfield? I, I thought you were playing the CD. I mean... I am yeah, so good at not singing. even streaming it. I thought you had gone back in time and got the CD, and you were playing it in your room. Wow! I did. Uh, yeah, that I mean, was Danielle. Wow. Just pretend I did. Uh, also, uh, rest in peace, physical media at Best Buy. I guess. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know. We hardly knew ye. I like physical media. Uh, that other voice you heard, of course, was steal that book, Lindsay Kelk, after you pay for it. Don't steal books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Julian. I appreciate what you've done there, but let's not encourage book stealing. It's how I make a living. I feel like renting it from a library or encouraging oh, your fine. local library to get it. <laughs> and you can fine. call it stealing because you can get it on your phone. Let's all support the arts. <laughs> <laughs> not steal them like I mean I'm not saying don't steal anything ever but you probably shouldn't because it's bad but like if it's a self-checkout is that stealing or are you just giving yourself a tip for like having to do the work because I I think there's a there's a debate to be had there look sometimes you buy a lot of bananas sometimes I miscount how many bananas mm-hmm. I'm putting through the self-checkout banana and that's banana not sometimes. on me mm-hmm. you've trusted me to do it myself when it is not in my skill set no I'm not an employee and if I make a mistake I that's think right. that's on you and not on me I've had I no training I could just as easily charge myself for too many bananas it all evens mm. out man welcome to Moral Quandary a podcast <laughs> with Lindsay, Danielle and Hal in which Lindsay recommends stealing from welcome uh, to Tights and Strikes the podcast <laughs> where we're all still <laughs> halfway on a strike and thinking about ways to increase the amount of protein we get that's right oh if you're on if you're someone who's striking the self-checkout is it's all yours that's that's a secret law that people don't know about but look into it you know since we're all here right now and not watching the phillies play not all of us at least let's talk about fast lane which was this past saturday We've talked about this before, that the premium live events under Triple H have had fewer matches that allows more time for them. And to me, it's never felt small until Saturday. I thought Fastlane felt like a real small kind of nothing of a PLE. Yeah, I I think I thought there were some really fun things that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, they were gearing up for a grudge match. And so... Their mm-hmm. PLE didn't seem to matter as much as the grudge match, which we'll talk about in the main event. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it 
like the same level as I've been enjoying Raw lately. And I was wondering, I'm like, is it because the weekly shows have been so much better lately and they've stepped up too? Mm. Was it because the last few premium live events were so good that this that there was bound to be one eventually that wasn't mm-hmm. as good right. as the others? I don't know. Was it the match order? Because by the time we got to Shinsuke Seth, I'm like, oh, do we do we have to? <laughs> do we have to do this? Which is, come and, and on. And it had only been yeah. on for like two minutes. It felt like it went by really quickly. It was a short pay-per-view. We kept waiting for shenanigans to happen at the end because there was still like 10, 15 minutes left. There was just something about it that didn't yeah. hit. But it was still fun. Yeah, it wasn't still bad. Yeah. It just was like a, like, okay, thank you for, I just, like, it I, I, was filler. It felt I like, like filler. Nilla wafers. They're fine cookies. I enjoy them. I have since I was a kid. But you know, they're not as exciting as a good chocolate chip, you know? Or when yeah. you take those Nilla cookies and you make them into a fucking Southern style banana pudding. Right. These were the yeah. Nilla cookies yeah. and they are a delight, but it's not banana pudding. And I think we've gotten so used to banana pudding. Yeah. They're better as an ingredient than yes. on their own. Yeah. Right? Like they could have been, they could have been gussied up. Those Nilla wafers could have been gussied up some. Uh, and they didn't gussy. They just went with, Enjoy your Nilla yeah. wafers. Right. And and uh, I, I think know. it is one of those where it's, we have been very spoiled. Wrestling on the WWE side has been stupid good. Like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, remember when we used to have to be like, I can't talk about Raw anymore because it's just us being like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me actively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it's, I do think that part of it is we're spoiled for choice, but I do think a lot of it is that even though they weren't as mouthy or as lippy about it as some other people were online, they did their usual kind of WWE thing of going through back channels and leaking it through um, a friendly publication. Like they were getting ready to do this big thing um, with a, a bunch of like the cute olds. And so I think that they put more into that than they did into Fastlane. I feel like what we're doing now is we're settling teams for Survivor Series. I felt like there was some of that at Fastlane that's like, how do we start divvying people up for War Games and Survivor Series? Because we got a filler here. We got to do something. Survivor Series is going to be a War Games match, at least on the men's side. And I would assume... Yes. I would assume it's going to be Judgment Day with JD McDonough versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, and Jey Uso. Well, actually, yeah, because we're going to do that one, aren't they? Because what they're also doing, we're hearing rumors. And after we saw an mm-hmm. NXT, Paul Heyman talking to, what are we calling Dwayne's kid? Well, she put on Twitter, hey, it's just Ava now. So I think mm-hmm. it's not Ava Rain anymore. So it's just okay. Ava. So I think it's okay. just Ava now. Why not? So we saw Paul talking to Ava. They tried to do her thing of being like, yeah, I- I'm not defined by anyone. I mean, you are by your face. You're defined by looking. Yeah, it's like much I, I get it. I understand. I un- yeah. They just fucking control C control like it. And I get it. But baby girl, you joined the family business. Eventually, you are gonna have to deal with the fact that that's your family. Yeah. But I love the thought of her coming into the bloodline. Actually, I think that's really I nice because that opens up some bloodline stuff with the OC who have Mia Yim, and obviously with Judgment Day that have Rhea. It then obviously pulls Dwayne in one way or another. Maybe we're going to get Roman Dwayne at Mania this year. Like, if, if, you know, that could be a whole thing. 
I'm into it. I felt the same as you, Hal, that it just, it didn't scratch the itch that I required, but I just felt like they're in a holding, holding pattern and moving chess pieces around. The other thing is they're in this mode of like, Fastlane really is meaningless because the the important things that that are really happening are Crown Jewel, which they invest a lot in. So mm-hmm. so that is important to them. They've already started to put that together. You're going to have Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, which should be a really good match. But also then you have Survivor Series. So th- those are the things. Yeah. And I understand like Fastlane is going to sort of help build to it. But again, they're doing such a great job on their weekly shows. It's a shame when it feels like a weekly show. It just felt like a weekly show, yeah. even though the matches were good. I mean, I was excited for my Carlito. That was yeah. nice. I liked mm-hmm. Carlito showing up. That was it's huge. It was nice to see Ellie Knight playing with John, mm. you know, in the sandbox with, with our, our John. I feel like LA Knight would totally get invited around to the cigar room now. Oh, for sure. Don't you? Don't you think he's totally oh, invited him yeah. over now? I know he has the suit. I know he has yeah. the suit. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The... <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed the Seth Rollins-Shinsuke mm-hmm. match, but like, I just didn't care. And I care about Shinsuke so much that it made me mad how little I cared about that match. I still, I know I've said it before, and I know I've talked a lot about how I'm hot and cold on Rollins at the best of times, but it just feel it really does feel to me right now that he's just on a completely different show to everyone else. Everyone else is involved in everyone's shit, and you're just like, Aya, yeah. look at me. <laughs> Who's coming to play with me today? Because like, he doesn't appear in anything else with other people. It's like, just, who's going to come and bite me? And it's like, oh, thought you'd be more involved since you're mm. the champion that's supposed to be representative of everything and it does feel a little where it's like he's on what we used to call an aew cody island it does f- <laughs> yes yeah. yes he's on seth island he's on seth island exactly colby that. colby island <laughs> it's, oh bless him um i think it's really interesting that a big reason for that for me as a viewer is because of cody coming in cody feels like the true Raw champion to me. Cody feels like he's doing the job of the face of the brand. Whereas Seth's just like, but I've got the belt though. It's right. fine though. Look at my look at my fun shoes. And I'm just ready for him to not have it. I'm ready for him to take a time out. And I don't see that happening any times. And now it's just like a bunch of people chilling with titles that I don't get to see. And I I love Rhea. I love her down. I like her being part of the Judgment Day. I think it's a very important part of the storyline, but we got to get the women's division up in that shit. Well, the big, the big problem is that right now, the, that main event scene is her, Raquel Rodriguez, and, and Nia Jax. And, and forgive me, but Raquel Rodriguez needs to be a heel. I'm not buying the baby face. Oh, and Shayna's in there as well. I forgot Shayna is in there as well. Mm-hmm. It's like all heels. Who's the real baby? Like nobody nobody wants to cheer for Raquel Rodriguez right now. And no. and that's nothing no. to nothing against her. But there it always feels like we're one week away from die Rocky die chance. Like we're so close. Cuz it's <laughs> yeah. the exact same yeah, white meat smiling all the time in promos and it just doesn't feel yeah. it doesn't feel no. real. I don't I can't think of who is there anybody out there you can think of in the modern wrestling landscape who can get away with being a a like true white meat baby face? And I think that that trope whose is, name isn't John Cena is dead. Even he's got an edge to yeah. him. 
Yeah, even Cena started talking back. You know, even John is in on the joke. Yeah, now. yeah. And 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 Julian's bringing up Rey Mysterio in our chat just to give you a little inside baseball. But even he's not white meat smiling all the time. He's like never smiling. Everything he does is super intense. He's one hundred percent prepared to slap yes. his child uh, on television. Hey. So. <laughs> Raquel is dead in the water for me. I She had so many chances to turn when all of her tag team belts kept getting taken off her. <laughs> now it's just, she's just happy to mm-hmm. be there. I'm like, well, if you're just happy to be there, why are you in the main event? Get out, sit down, yeah. refigure out your yeah. character. It's I, I do get, and I, this isn't because I had to check with myself because I'm like, am I saying this because I know they're in a relationship? But I do get face Braun Strowman vibes from her. Mm. Like, it's like a big beast that they just have grinning and hugging kids. And it's like, no, it's not what he should be doing. And this isn't what she should be doing. She should be out there just ripping the shit out of people, beating people down and flipping tables and being angry. And if you have to move her around to do that, do that. But they have a real dearth of baby faces right now in that mm-hmm. women's division. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at NXT and who's ready to come up and it, Tiffy's not coming up a face. So like, what are we doing with the faces, kids? That is one of those where I'm like, well, are they saving all their, you can't save all the white meat for Bianca. You can't, and and you can't save it for Jade if that's what you're doing. I want Bianca to turn as well. So, <laughs> you know, what are I we doing? I think Jade's the one they're going to put in a program with Rhea. And I don't, I don't hate it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm excited I, yeah, about I, that. I, I think she's going to come in, you know, she's who he, who she is as a character. She doesn't have to come in and smile and put all that on like because people know what to expect no. from her and they will cheer for that they'll cheer because of the fact that she is has defected from aew like this is the first big exactly. get yes i mean make from, from aew so, yes and i do think it's so hard right now to think of someone or for them to even build someone that they have into someone that the audience would get behind to take the belt yes. off of Rhea. Yes. right like I mean, even if Becky came back and took the belt off Rhea, they'd be pissed. No one wants to see anyone I can think of get that belt off Rhea right now. Like you say, I think Jade would do it and people would cheer for it, which is why I think it's a mania moment. And she doesn't have to, yeah, she doesn't need bills. She doesn't need to work her way up to it. All she has to do is come out and say, that belt's mine, bitch. And I want to see them fight. Oh, Give me God. that fight, please. Yeah, we, we need Rhea to get wins, though. Like, she should be there competing unless she's hurt right now we need Rhea a little bit scared right like we need Rhea to show that she's a little i don't even bit need her to be her. scared like but she has to have a reason to not be scared so that when she is scared that it's sort of like a thing yeah. you know what i mean yeah i just don't care about raquel i hate nia Jax. <laughs> i'm sorry nia does uh, nothing and me. i love shayna but i don't feel like shayna's the magic in this mix that's going to pull it together. Because I just don't believe any of them are going to win. So because I don't believe any of them are going to win, I don't care. Sorry. So Becky Lynch finally got to have her NXT women's title match against Tegan Knox. Very good match. I do think we're headed towards a Tegan Knox heel turn. I'm here for that. I think that's... uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're we're 75% of the way there on NXT, right? Which is nice. Let's yes. do that for her. She's dyed her hair all kinds of pretty colors. That wasn't easy. Let's give her something for mm-hmm. that. A yes. heel turn. And Bronson go. Reed is now the challenger, the latest challenger to Gunther's Intercontinental title. I don't know. I He could be the guy to take it off of him so that you have another heel that a face... Because it's really a heel and two faces, right? That are in that division. They're, they're the other 
people who are vying for it because you have Chad Gable and Ricochet. So you have those mm-hmm. three. And at a certain point, maybe you just put all four of them in the ring together and that's how he loses it. But also, like, I need that belt <laughs> off of him. And then I need him to to beat Seth and take that belt off of him. That's what I need that more than anything. Like, that dude, it's so long overdue. But, you know, what he's done with the with and for the Intercontinental title has been nothing mm-hmm. short of perfection. He has incredible matches. Yeah. He makes it feel important. And I think him, I think he's the right guy to beat Seth because he will come out of nowhere. And I don't think they've wrestled before. I don't believe so off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, that's the part of being a wrestling um, fan. I'm terrible. I and, was remembering who did what. And <laughs> you have Im- I'm now we have Imperium starting a feud with DIY who are now back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very exciting. Yay. The the weird stories that have sort of emerged. I want to talk about a couple stories. That that's one the story that emerged that it was planned for a while ago and then it got scrapped. Wonder who did that? Maybe uh, the the guy who was busy tying other good storylines hmm. to a railroad track because hmm. he looks like a silent film guy villain. Who hates Johnny Gargano. Could it be but that also guy? the stories coming out today from an Ari Emanuel interview. Uh, it seems like <laughs> the two talking points that are being repeated everywhere. And maybe one of you can confirm this for me. One is that Triple H has sort of been anointed to be in charge of all creative. The second is that the drop in, he pinned the drop in stock price directly to Vince McMahon because when Vince signed his deal, he has an option to put, basically he can get rid of his shares whenever he wants. And he's 78 years old mm-hmm. and he's been around for a while. So it's good for him, but maybe bad for the value, which ultimately is not great for him either. But uh, it feels like he's being kind of thrown under the bus a little bit. Danielle, did you have anything that you wanted to say about this? Can you verify any of this? Wait, wait, uh, let me get comfortable. Let me get comfortable. You can't verify it. Okay. <laughs> but what I can do is just it's literally from what I have noticed uh, and from what I've read, because obviously I'm not an insider. Um. They outcarnied the world's biggest carny. Essentially, they did to him what he did to the territories, which is go to someone and say, hey, I'm going to, we're going to absorb this. We're all going to, man, we're all going to make so much money. We're all going to elevate to the next level. And at the territory time, it was we're all going to get on TV. We're all going to elevate everything. Like, this is what we're going to do. And then you do that and then he like fucking opens up the trap door and is like, bye, bitch. And that's what they did to him where they're like, oh, well, you're on the outs with your company because you're a bad person. Are you telling me they pulled a Richard Gere in the first half of Pretty Woman on Vince? Hostile takeover? (laughs) They did. They hostile takeover. Are you telling me they they said that they would buy his company because they just wanted to make ships but really they wanted they don't want you a part of it and they don't want to make ships and you won't keep your job (laughs) and i don't think there's going to be a good-hearted hooker that can turn this around i just i don't think we're going to get a julia roberts who comes in and and uh finds vince's secret gold oh no (laughs) no 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 he's been pretty womaned 
And I love it. It's still succession, guys. I like to think they've done a full Elon Musk where they just set him up with a fake office with a fake computer and they just let him bash at it all day. And they're like, no, all these notes go directly to the writers. Mm -hmm. Everything you put into these computers is so important. And it goes straight into the TV and you should just keep doing it. And then in the next room, they have the Mm -hmm. real office where everyone's doing the real. And he's like pulling on the string and it's like, well, the cow goes moo. And they're like, yes, Vince, the cow goes moo. does go moo. isn't he's he's still the chairman of this joint company though still has board seats why not i mean i'm not i'm not (laughs) proposing this no no it's what it is no but they've also like been um in the press been very vocal in saying that the reason that like stock dropped was directly because of vince yeah they are orchestrating his ouster you think so and his parachute is going to be very golden but he doesn't. I mean, that's want, the sad part yeah, of this. He doesn't want the money. He wants the prestige. We can all sit and laugh and be like, "Lol, what a dickhead!" But he's gonna come out of this so rich. So but he's gonna come out of this so rich and real old. So, you know. Yeah. And like you say, he doesn't care about the money. He cares about being. Yes. Big, big daddy. Yeah. Yeah. He cares about being Richard Gere in Pretty Woman, and he's not Richard Gere. He's the old man that's selling ships. No. Yeah. Maybe the WBF will come back if he leaves. He get that started. <laughs> Maybe. Stay part of the conversation with Tights and Fights on all of our social media channels. That includes Blue Sky. We're all there, too. Collect us all. Links are in the show notes. When we come back, our look at the Tuesday Night War. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it, but you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us, and I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. They've got a podcast, Tyson Fights is Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. Now it's time to give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to Anal bleeding. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE. I love Kate. Look at this face. And a hard fight victory. Live, pal. What? So as we discussed recently, because of the baseball playoffs, AEW moved from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. It was a result of that, after NXT had moved from Wednesdays to Tuesdays, they're like, all right, let's load up. We got to fight. We, we, all we can do is stand our ground right now. We got to fight for this one. So they absolutely load up their show with main roster stars as they take on AEW in a, in a mini Tuesday night war. Mm. Most of the Raw and SmackDown stars played supporting roles as the NXT folks wrestled all night uh, what were some standout moments for you, for each of you, Danielle? Look, I'm going to be real honest. I'm a little bit of a homer when it comes to WWE, and I can admit that about myself. 
I think that if you're like, oh, well, you have to move onto the same night as our developmental show. So we're just going to toss everything at you. Like just a real big, I'm taking my dick out and putting it on the table moment that feels um, desperate. But I will say, honestly, I think that my favorite match on there was Lola Vice versus Danny Palmer. That Because it's a, because like, really? that, well, here's the thing. <laughs> that was an NXT match that surprised me. Because I got to see the talent of two people I hadn't really gotten to appreciate before. And that's why I like NXT now, like what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be very much before it was like, well, let's just take all the indie dudes and all of Hunter's special favorite boys and throw them on there. This was one where it was like, A, love a woman's match. And B, I was very surprised by how well they did. And obviously Carmelo Hayes is fucking amazing. And, you know, uh, our, our granddad, Undertaker, came out and, and did granddad stuff. Yeah, honest, honestly could have done without granddad. I thought granddad was the least en entertaining part of the kind whole of thing. Everyone else was really fun. I'm coming at this as someone who is obviously a huge WWE fan. And it didn't bother me that WWE did this because it, it to me, the argument of them saying, oh, I can't believe they had to do this to beat us. It's not that they had to, it's that they could. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, and that's the difference between the two companies to me. It's like that any time, any day, trips can just be like, you wanna you wanna pop down Florida on Tuesday? I'll I'll give you I'll give you fifty quid for gas. You know, and and they can. So to me it it's a flaw in the AEW argument to be like, Oh, they had to do this. It's like but they but they can because their company has well, that capability yeah. and capacity and yours doesn't. And if you're going to play that game... There she goes. And it, it it didn't help you. And you are a company that has broadly relied on bringing in WWE stars for pops since your inception. So I don't... I don't think it's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm never going to debate anyone about AEW on the internet ever. I don't get on board with the... Um, Oh, I can't believe they had to do this to beat us. It's like they maybe they did have to, but the important thing to note is that they could and they can this, any yeah. day. And I actually this was really someone enjoyed playing it. with their food. Yeah. Like this was someone playing with their food. Like, yeah, this is like when I found my cat with a lizard. You know, I'm like, Not leave nice. him alone. He needs his tail. And he was like, no, he detached it on his own. It was nothing to do with me. Um, <laughs> and, and he did. So that's fair. I mean, I've been watching NXT again for a few weeks and I have been enjoying it on its own merits, but mm. I really liked this version of it as a developmental show because I think it does show you the people that need the help when you put them next to someone who is a fucking A-plus star. Like mm -hmm. you put someone next to an LA Knight, you know, or you put Ilya in the ring, you know, and it's like, oh, Ilya's great, but, you know, so... I, I think it is really interesting that it does show you the difference between them, but I think it is going to do more Elevates, for their yeah. development and for them to get better than 10 episodes without John Cena being in the room, 10 episodes mm -hmm. without LA Knight being in the room, 10 episodes without Cody. Like, Cody and Ilya in the ring together made my heart sing because, you know, they both got the suit thing going off, they're both classy gents, mm -hmm. but Ilya clearly doesn't, quite have the Cody magic on the mic and I, so few people do I mean that man's a born politician <laughs> like when he put a mic in his hand it feels like Cody's speaking from the heart every time he opens his mouth to me whereas Ilya and Carmelo 
or Ilya and and Trip and, and whatever combination of that it, it is to me it always kind of feels like they're speaking from a script when they watch that back they will learn more than that than they would just do in 10 episodes without a Cody is my point mm-hmm. yeah I have two winners from the night one is Dominic Mysterio not only because he, <laughs> he got to have a just a uh, main event match against Dragunov but also I, th- I think What's what's great about him, and especially from where he started, not only from a character perspective, he obviously knows his character by that. We've talked about that enough. But from an in-ring perspective, he keeps getting these big moments, and he keeps delivering as these yeah. big moments happen. So his progression as a performer is not to be ignored. And he, he does it on Raw, and he also does it on NXT. And I think that's really commendable, and it's it's... Like, he didn't need the rub from any of the main roster guys, but he just keeps no. proving how good he is in the ring, which is great. That's one. Number two is Braun Breaker, because he gets the rub from two guys. Number one, John Cena. He shares the ring with him, doesn't look out of place. And then he gets choke slammed by The Undertaker in what is a really good piece. That's essentially The Undertaker blessing him as well, which is really The Booker's blessing him. So I just think... it. it I mean, the guy's ready to move on, obviously. I don't know how soon they're going to do it, but... I would put him in the rumble. I would rumble him. I think that's oh, a good time point, yeah, for yeah, it. Oh, at this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good time for it. I think then they've got that fun little time, you know, the in, the announcers can introduce him. So maybe you throw him in the rumble and then you have him come up a couple of weeks later or something. I think that would be a good spot because people know who he is, but not everyone knows who he is. You get mm. to give him the history lesson while he's coming down. Mm, mm. I like the rumble for him. Oh, 100% because like that is one thing I will say that WWE has gotten very good about when we talk about like all of the different kinds of kayfabe. They've gotten very good at being like, oh, well, this is what the rumors are. Mm. We don't know what if we're going to we're not going to tell you what's true yeah. but if we find ourselves being like well here is something very important that we know is going to happen we're going to use the media to our advantage like they did with a jade cargill like they <laughs> uh like they did when they um like they did when they brought up flat earth allen giving people time to learn who Braun breaker is putting up social media posts like building mm-hmm. him in that social media way lindsay calc well oh, i, I also really think good it, at stuff i think if you it disturbs me <laughs> i hate you i hate that i mean uh, that's the only reason i do anything that i do danielle to, to get that reaction from you <laughs> obviously when AEW first debuted on wednesday nights all they could do was crow about how their numbers were better than wwe's even mm-hmm. though they were up against NXT. So this felt like also like, hey, we don't want to lose viewers. And AEW, to its credit, is very popular. I'm sure there are plenty of people who enjoy watching both, but given the choice, would probably want to watch the main roster of AEW versus the developmental roster of of WWE. That's just the reality. And so they loaded up with stars, obviously gimmicky, but but it also worked. So NXT pulled in 921,000 viewers on Tuesday night with 396,000 of those in the key adults 18 to 49 demographic. That is compared with Dynamite, who had 609,000 viewers with 346,000 in the demo. So they're pretty much pulled even in in the most desirable demo, slight edge to NXT. But NXT obviously drew way more interest because in the end, when they bring out their biggest stars, their biggest stars are bigger 
than AEW's biggest stars right now. Just in terms of they've been around longer, they are more mainstream. That's just how it is. That's no shade. Yeah. It's no absolutely zero shade to Kenny Omega or any of the guys there or Edge who is there now, but it is a much bigger deal. You know, The Undertaker's been retired for 30 seconds, so it was time for him to come back and choke slam somebody. <laughs> but uh, you I know, really so... thought he was going to ride that motorbike off the ramp at one point. I yeah. <laughs> like, I hope they've got Every someone time. in to help Mark because it got real close. It got really fucking close. Yeah, you can tell. Where <laughs> it's like, hey, like sometimes as a performer you go i've done this a million times so i don't mm. need to rehearse before i do it again it's like nah but if you haven't done it in Mark a few years got there you do. 14 minutes before he went on air and i <laughs> yeah. i will refuse to accept anything else like maybe he was eating a sub around the corner i don't know but they definitely didn't do a run through he definitely didn't go through what he was gonna say because some of it just it got a little bit rambly didn't it at one point and one day you're gonna be a very special talent. Yeah. It's just, it's just one thing. It ain't today. Um, I'm gonna bigger, bigger badass. Uh, oh, I'm gonna choke slam you now, and I was like, oh, but it's still a moment because it's still the Undertaker. It is a moment, whether you, we like it, it, him or it or not. And it's like the torch passing, but there is definitely. I feel like I really enjoyed watching him and Sean do a huggy behind the scenes. Yeah. But also, maybe you should have got there earlier and like rehearsed. <laughs> and Just that's five okay. Minutes earlier, just like. Just get your sub to go. You know, I, I just think there were things you could have done. <laughs> Order ahead of time. Yeah, I, they do that most places. Did either of you switch back and forth between the two shows? No. Or did you just watch one? I just watched NXT. Just watched I one? I watched both of them later because okay. uh, I can't, I don't have cable. Um, Which is also a number that I don't know how people have included into that. But also, I'm not a numbers ratings person, so I'm not worried about it. Do you think mm-hmm. it would still benefit NXT to bring those A-list stars in more often. I know they've had people go back and forth. Brett Baron Corbin is down there now. Becky showing up there was a big deal. But, uh, you know, these sort of stunt castings, do you think that they're... uh, Are they going to use it to elevate talent the way that Lindsay said where it elevates people and 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 gives them opportunities or is it just going to be i'm going to show up i'm going to talk into a microphone i'm going to say my catchphrases and then i'm going to skadoot because if that's what it is then no put them on fox where the the ratings matter to the people that ratings matter to and keep nxt being what it is you know i love a crossover i am that person who loves a crossover on TV? Like, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, look, Ted Danson's on Frasier. Like, that's my happy place. So I, this is right. why I think I enjoyed NXT so much, because it felt like a crossover. I, I haven't watched Frasier it right yet. Now. I haven't watched it yet. Up. So I can't wearing jeans. speak to it. I know, and I'm we're all upset, Al. Like, we've all suffered on this. Like, that's a trauma we can all share. Frasier wore you fucking jeans up. and all birds sneakers. But... It's been a rough few years for everybody, apparently. That's what we're learning about Frasier. He's also went through a pandemic, so I don't know. Although I'm assuming he was just like holed up in his fancy apartment, so fuck that guy. But I I love a crossover. I love a guest star. I I don't think they should do what they did this week, which is where you have a million people show up. That was the Night of a Thousand Stars to me. I'm like, this is really, really fun, and I like it. 
Yeah. But I do like the idea of of bringing people in and across. I also think, like with Dom having the belt and then taking it up to the main roster, I think it does elevate the belt a little bit just because it gives it some exposure that it didn't previously have. And now it mm-hmm. feels like when it moves around, that's going to be way more important. And Dom is the perfect person He's to do He's fucking great. He's fucking great. And I mean, we didn't talk about the match. I, I was going to put it over, but I can't put everything over, unfortunately. But the, the pub rules match between the Big Strong Boys and Gallus, which I thought was fucking fantastic and so much fun, um, it felt to me, and that, that didn't feel like Pete Dunne and Injury Mode Ridge going down. Because on the main roster, they kind of feel out of step to me. It felt more to me like they just made an amazing NXT trio. Like that to me was really, really fun. And I didn't feel like they were popping in to do them a solid. And I think if you're going to do stuff like that, that's super cool. Like, and, and it elevated Gallus to me, that match, watching everyone get into it together. Uh, hitting someone with a snooker cue is going to hurt. So I, it really took me back. Really brought back some happy memories. <laughs> a pub rules match. I could have done without the dart. I mean, I know he you only saw stuck it, it in his in his tape. Bandage, so I, I was know, okay but with still, it. I would have rather see somebody have a dartboard broken over their head. You could have done That's that. That's true, but a dartboards are very heavy. Hell, I remember having a dart. I was, eh. had, we had a dartboard as children, and my cousin would make me stand with my hand on the dartboard, and he would throw darts at us. Uh, but thankfully, he wasn't very good. But you're very much giving. Hey, back in my day, we used to do lawn darts. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it's fine. Don't throw. I, I don't throw javelins. At I'm not children. saying you should do it now, but in the 80s, it was the style at the time. Uh, <laughs> Where I not in on our belt, it's the style at the as time. As the younger child in the three grandchildren, I clearly did this willingly. <laughs> it real Fair special. Y'all, y'all should have been the girl. Oh, y'all should have been the older girl cousins. We nailed it. Made us who we are today. Um, But also nailed it, meaning we threw darts at each other. We asked you out there in the Nation of Conversation what you thought of the Tuesday night mini-war. Here's what you said. Tom said Dynamite's first half and main event were much more entertaining than NXT's, and the way WWE always has the legends humiliate the young talent is frustrating. Dynamite got really sloppy in the middle there and kind of lost me. Okay. Jeremy said, I only saw Dynamite. I thought it was a really fun show. The way that both companies loaded up was pretty silly, but it sounds like fans of both shows had a good night. Exactly. The fans win. Tony Khan should throw his phone in the ocean. Hey, maybe he should go after it. (laughs) Matthew said, the main thing that stood out to me is Tony Khan is still annoying on Twitter. (laughs) Carrie said, yeet. Yeet. If you've got anything more to say about the Tuesday night skirmish, visit us on our social media channels via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-Op Month. I'm Palmer Muniz, producer and a worker-owner at MaxFun. I'm Jesus Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at MaxFun. This week is all about community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the MaxFun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another MaxFun meetup this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited edition Launch Crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O 
O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. And with that, it's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. I'm doing the Arsenio. Danielle. No? Oh, I I thought you were going (laughs) to. This is usually the point where you ask me what I'm putting over. Oh, yeah. I just threw it to you. Sorry. Danielle. Oh, wait. Let's do it. Let's let's elongate it. Danielle. Danielle. How are you? (laughs) How are you doing, Danielle? What did you have for breakfast? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Well. Boost. Do you want to put something over? Would that make you feel better? I would. I all right. Would like to and by the way, I'm going to send you a case of IcoPro. That'll help give you all the energy <laughs> that you need to get through your day. So I talk about movies and media and TV for a living. I haven't been able to because of the dual strikes. I can talk about some stuff more now that the WDA strike is over, but I still have to deal with the SAG strike. But... A24 has waivers, so I get to actually talk about fucking movies again. God, you guys have no idea. Like, learning which movies I can talk about. I just want to talk about movies all day long. The Iron Claw trailer came out. Oh, babies. A bunch of, like, people on film Twitter are like, oh, my God, yes, fucking Hottie Von lot. Like, look at all of them men shirtless. And I'm like... No, and not not because you're bad for being hot about that, but because it's just, trust me, you're going to feel weird about this tweet in like two months. <laughs> so this is the trailer that I'm putting over. I'm really fucking excited about this in the way where I'll watch this once and then never watch it again. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Babies. Wrestling, film, Twitter, we eating good. Ooh, we eating good. Ooh, baby. And I'm fully ready for this movie to devastate me in a way that I am not prepared for. That's it. I swear, A24, if you, this turns out to be a horror film, I'm showing up at your fucking door. Baby, literally, someone called it hereditary with headlocks. I don't know what to tell you. If I, One zombie, one talking fucking puppet, <laughs> one nun that walks like a backwards spider. Done. There's enough there. There's enough meat on the bone, A24. Please. <sighs> please, A24. Please. <laughs> You're my only hope. Lindsay. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, more of that, honestly. Two quick things. One, um, happy birthday, mommy. It was Rhea Ripley's birthday this week. Um, mm. One of the greatest TikToks of all time was celebrated um, by our beloved Kathy Kelly. I'm sure everyone remembers the TikTok where uh, Rhea was showing Dom that fun little maneuver where she slammed him up against a wall and he looked like 
all of his Christmases have come at once. Kathy stitched it with her own version and I implore you to go to TikTok to check that out because I can't do it justice. You just have to go and look at it. And I, that also ties in nicely, as Danielle pointed out yesterday, with National Coming Out Day because I think a lot of people had a lot of things awakened in them by that TikTok and I respect it. Um, but what I also <sighs> wanted to put over um, was the absurdity of... Cody Rhodes and main event Jay Uso's presser after Fastlane. <laughs> if there was any reason to have Fastlane, it was this. It was this presser because at first I was getting really annoyed when I was watching it because everyone was just directing questions at Cody and they were asking about AEW and they were asking about Jay and I'm like this is really fucking rude to Jay Uso who is sat there holding two belts, tapping them titles like a mother flipper because uh, he loves us even though he doesn't know who we are we love him and he loves us um god i hope they don't know who i am <laughs> i i don't i can never decide but i really did want to give a shout out to jay not only for managing the, the press of the way that he did he actually did a really good job of pulling the questions back around and answering questions where they weren't even directed at him and he did it in a really professional manner which is all the more impressive when cody explained to everyone that they had enjoyed one or two libations on the bus uh we've got a couple of clips we've got a clip but i recommend you just go back and watch oh. anything jay said in that presser because it's magic you had a real chill way about putting your hand you got up your too. leg up and you leg know what I mean? Uh, do you feel him, sir? Do 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 your twenty-year-old self. Oh, hey, y'all give it up, assassin! Yellow Big Bird jacket oh. he got going on over here, man. I can never wear a yellow jacket. Eat. <laughs> Why do I have to follow the odd couple? The love everyone has for Byron Saxon fills me with joy. Um, but everyone will be pleased to know that Jay and Cody were taken from the venue on a bus. Uh, so it's fine. It's fine. Nobody drove. Drink responsibly, Ski. people. Yeet. I have two things. I don't know, normally have two things. Sometimes I do. And I this is one this of those times. Now. Enjoy. Revel in the double feature. Number one, since DIY is back together, why not throw it all the way back to their series of glorious bombs, uh, which, which made a return, including Mr. Robert Rude. I'm not even going to play. There's no... There's no audio other than them playing the the his old theme song. Uh, it's really fun. Go check it out. The other is something I found on TikTok between fart videos, recipes, and cleaning and organization, where uh, it was John Cena, who was having a lovely conversation, a bit of tea, with an older English bird. Right, Lindsay? A no. bird? Not a bird. I, I don't. No? I don't think we're going with bird there. Yeah. Uh, with bird. Okay. Bird is well. well and so I, I will say. Can I? Can I say? A uh, black Twitter also adopted bird. Well, it comes from Dolly Bird. Like you would say, a Dolly Bird is a young, attractive woman. Like back in the sixties, that was a big yeah. like. Oh, she's a Dolly Bird, and then now right, bird right. is just a slang yeah. for woman. And yeah. now, and now, and, bird, and black. You know. He, and now in uh, Black Twitter, we call a bird a pick me, like someone who um, is only here for male validation. Sorry, continue. Well, th- this woman is just having a delightful spot of tea with with the Doctor of oh, Thugonomics. So delightful. And uh, here's part of that conversation, which I found charming. 
do you know, my granddaughter, who is an avid fan, said that I wouldn't be able to see you. I can, I can explain. So I'm a, a bit of a rabble rouser. How exciting. And one of the things that uh, younger people know me for is this ridiculous dance maneuver where I wave my hand in front of my face. Oh, that is and I say, do... you can't see me, but I don't say it like that. I say, you can't see me. Oh, it's got to be, you can't see me. It's fantastic. I'm out of the job. <laughs> oh, and I can't wrestle. <laughs> they say that about me too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I know this I is part that. of a longer video. I hope the video is 500 days long. That's yeah. my hope. And my wish for all of us that we'd be blessed with the two of these, the, the, the two of these people hanging out with one another because it's just delightful. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk along with me, Hal Lublin. Support SAG. We're still on strike. One day longer, one day stronger. We will not break. Nice try. AMPTP, by the way, going back to the same tactics that they use with the WGA, where they try to go to the press and say, we gave a fair deal, and they said no. no. You saw how well that worked last time. Don't play AMPTP. You're the ones who have shows that are about to go into pre-production, and you ain't going to be able to shoot them without us. So come to the table. Make a real offer. Let's get this done. We all want to go back to work. Danielle? Most importantly is... Don't believe all the stuff that they say. Um, they are trying to break the strike. They are trying to break us and tell us that like, oh, we'll do this for fucking 80 years. No, you won't. They did the same thing with the WGA strike. And then what? Capitulated to all of our demands like a week later? Don't relent. Let's see. Yeah, obviously support the strikers. We WGA might be back, but we can't do anything until we get our actors back. So yay, strike. Let's go. Um, and other than that, I, I also have books. So many of them. <laughs> and you should feel free to check any and all of them out. Um, Love Me Do is out now in the UK us and canada um the christmas wish is currently on sale in the us you can download the ebook for 99 cents you tell me what you can buy for 99 cents you tell me it's a dollar baby it's less yeah. than a dollar a full story a full ass book uh so check book. that out and yeah other than that just keep on keeping on people because uh we gotta we got to do that. So, yay, wrestling. Our producer is the spooky pun house Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we are, of course, putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You'll find the links to those in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania t-shirt at maxfunstore.com and celebrate ice cream Christmas all year long. We'll be back next week for more You Guessed It. Wrestling. Yeah, here comes the pain. Bow to the masters. This is a podcast. They are podcasters. Max Fun's the network. Dyson Fights is the name. Maximum Fun. A worker owned network of artist owned shows. Supported directly by you.